It's JJ DiGeronimo, and we are in season three of Career Strategies for Women That Work. I select every episode with you in mind, a woman searching and striving for more influence and impact. With research and insight, I've invited some really exciting guests to season three. Many of them have books that you can follow up with and even discuss in your women's groups. And like many of them, I'm launching my next book, Seeking, 74 Key Findings to Raise Your Energy, Sidestep Your Self-Doubts, and Align with Your Life's Work. With so much to discuss, let's jump in. Hello, hello, it's JJ, and you're here with us at Career Strategies for Women at Work. And today I have an awesome author, a speaker for women in business, and just a downright strategist for making things happen. Chelly Phillips is with us today, and I am so excited to dive into When in Doubt, Delete It. Hi, Chelly, how are you? Hey, JJ, glad to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation today. Well, this title definitely jumped out at me because I often see women add, 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 add things to their schedule, both personally and professionally. So when I saw one of your first books, When in Doubt, Deleted, I was like, let's talk about that topic. So what sort of prompted you to use that as your first book title? So it's a a kind of a, well, it's an interesting kind of story, I guess. It really came from you know how you send those emails and that like you're sitting there thinking, you're typing away, saying everything in your head that you wanted to say. And then you go, no, I probably shouldn't send that email or I might not have this job on Monday. So when in doubt, delete it. But then what it really did was springboard me to thinking about my background as a journalist. And I got to thinking about all those times when the editor gives you your copy back and it looks like somebody's bled all over it because there's all this red ink showing you what you need to fix and what you need to correct. And I got to looking at it on the thing is, what if there were edits for life? What are the things that we would do different? What are the things that we should add to it? And it came up with five buckets of edits. And those those five buckets are there's things that we should begin. There's things that we should insert. There's things that we should delete. There's things that we should move toward or away from. And then there's one people are probably not familiar with in that stat. And that's when an editor gives you your paper back and they've made all these corrections. And then you find something that they've marked through and like, no, they'll put stat over it, which means leave it the way you had it because it was actually right that way. Or I like how you said it now that I've read the whole thing. And that whole piece of that whole bucket is about remaining authentic to yourself. And I think when we can live in these five buckets, then, and we're really intentional about making the choices that we do, we can have so much joy and clarity, success in our life. Well, that is fantastic. And, you know, I'd love to dive into those buckets. I mean, obviously the first I want to dive into is delete it because Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I started doing a task or a commitment. I'm like, why am I doing this? So tell us a little bit about the specifics about the delete it bucket. Maybe we'll work backwards. Yeah. So delete to me in the book, we talk about deleting destructive mindsets. And, you know, for women, I think that's that's very important because a lot of times we let the negative talk inside of our head keep us from trying new things. Or maybe we don't think that we're good enough to be able to do this, or we don't have a hundred percent of the qualifications. And so 
I think that's one of the things that really kind of holds us back is that mindset piece. And so we really need to work on being intentional about what we think and how we let ourselves talk to ourselves. And, you know, I really look at it when I'm doing coaching and stuff like that, you know, like, would, would you talk to someone else the same way that you're talking to you? Because words to me have a lot of power. In the book, I share a story about affirmations and things like that. And it's on the begin piece of it. But it's really important to me that what we put in front of ourselves and what we talk to ourselves is so important because there's a plenty of success to go around. And one of the things is developing that success mindset is getting really comfortable with who you are and the value that you bring to the table. And then, of course, it kind of moves on to deleting negativity. And the other thing I think is like deleting that idea of perfection, because a lot of times we're so wrapped up in what we see on social media and different things, like everything is filtered, everything is everybody's idea of perfection. And if you don't live up to that, you think there's something wrong or there's something missing in life. And, you know, really and truly nobody's life is like it is on social media. It's not perfect. Nobody's filtered every day. Nobody has the best hair and makeup and clothes and their kids are doing everything that they're supposed to do. You know, some days it's just that struggle like, hey, I just made it till five today and that's awesome. You know, I didn't strangle anybody in the break room. I didn't pitch a fit on my commute because someone cut me off and the kids all showed up to where they had to be at the right practice. And, you know, a lot of times I think we limit ourselves into what we'll try or how we'll grow or the things that we'll try because we're worried about if we don't do it 100% or if it doesn't turn out perfect, what will people think? I love that because I think probably when people joined this episode, they were thinking, you know, maybe getting something off my list, maybe not doing something, but you're driving it and bringing it all the way back to how we make decisions, how we talk to ourselves, how we interact with others. And oftentimes those thoughts are what drive our actions. And so being kinder and more at peace with what's working with and what's not working is really important and often kind of gauges how you are going to engage in a situation. Yeah, you know, and the other thing too in the book that we talk about deleting is being able to delete the distractions. And that kind of goes with the choices that we make about what will we say yes to? And do we find ourselves giving up our time because we're endlessly scrolling through TikTok? We get sucked in. I'm going to scroll through this for 20 minutes and then an hour's passed. Or, you know, maybe it is you know, being able to prioritize at work. Maybe you're the yes person. Maybe it is everybody's always dumping on your desk because you're the one that says yes all the time and doesn't take into consideration how this is going to impact your time and how it's going to have an overall effect on those kind of things. So being able to delete the distractions that keep us from being real and in the moment especially after five, you know, like, are you taking the work home with you? Are you constantly thinking about it? Are you checking your phone all night, answering emails, answering texts? Or are you really living in that moment with your family and friends and being able to enjoy that time together? That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And I think for many women, figuring out what fills you up and making sure you do more of that. Because I know when I had young kids and I was working a really demanding job, I was the first to schedule myself out of my schedule. And I think for many of us, you know, finding what fuels us or what I call fuel stations fill you up is so, so important. And I'm sure that falls into one of your other buckets. (laughs) Yeah. You know, 
that probably falls in that bucket that I call move. You know, we're moving towards and away from moving past failure and moving to conversations and, you know, moving towards change and different things like that. But being really intentional about those moves, you know, am I replacing something with this or am I adding it to? Because sometimes we need to get rid of something before we add more to what's going on in life. And I really think a lot of this is really about being very intentional about the choices that we make and not letting others make them for us. You know, whether that's a supervisor or whether that's other people in our life is if I take this on, how much time is it going to take for me to do it right? And then what am I giving up if I say yes to this? Or what am I gaining if I say yes to this? And if all of those are, you know, pluses, then sure, by all means, take it and go with it and see what you grow from it and what you gain from it. But if there's, if both of those answers are no, that you're not really going to gain from it and that it's going to really impact the time that you have to do the other things that, that you enjoy or that fill you back up. Because I tell everybody, our cell phones aren't the only thing that need recharging. We've got to recharge ourselves too. So if you're not leaving that time in your day to be able to do those kind of things, then it's really important that you start doing some dissecting and think about what do I want to replace with and, and make those conscious choices. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I'm sure that you see as I do, you know, there's this thing called guilt <laughs> that pops up way too often. So even if you're saying the right things to yourself, even if you're finding time to fill your fuel stations, how is the best way for women to handle that guilt that we feel like, oh, I should do this, or, you know, I don't want to say no because of this, or what if they don't like me, or you know, all the things that we basically fear ourselves into then doing things we probably know we shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I think part of that is is going into the conversation knowing that you are the best person to determine what's right for you. In my book, I call it remaining authentically you. And we are a creature of our, our choices and what we choose to bring into our lives. And I think it's interesting. There's a quote in the book, and I and I can't right now off the top of my hand think of it. He says that when you dare to be you, you feel inner happiness that radiates and cause the right people to, gra- to gravitate towards you. And so I think when we're going back to be very intentional about making those choices, that I think we lessen our guilt that way because we know that if I'm trading this, then I'm bringing this other piece into my life, whether that's the time with family and friends, or whether that is I'm making this time to t- make this choice to be able to grow my career right now, or whether it's, you know, I'm making the time to look for the next piece in my career that I'm going to be making a change. Whichever road it takes us down, I think the guilt is lessened when when we know why we're doing it. And if you get really clear on the why, then I think that helps alleviate that guilt and that you can actually move forward with it and begin making some very positive strides. Mm. And it's true. I think the why is so important. So many women struggle with the why, though. You know, I feel like so many women struggle with why. Some people have to work. Some people have been working a long time and they're, you know, really kind of set on that salary. But I feel like women feel torn a lot of times. So do you struggle with some of your clients on really figuring out what the why is? Yeah, I think that's probably the the hardest question for anyone when I first start working with them, because I work with a lot of people that are in career transition. 
And, you know, the first first thing I ask them is, why do you want to make this transition? Is it the environment that you're in now? Is it for a pay increase? Is it for, you know, whatever? But then we dive a little bit deeper and go, okay, well, if you want more money, why do you want more money? Is it a safety issue? Is it I want to do, you know, I want to be able to go on better vacations with my family and bring them all or like really diving into the why that this matters and getting really focused on, okay, well, if this is your why and it's something that matters that deeply to you, then I know you're going to work for it and I know you're going to, you know, strive to achieve that. And it's just like in business when you know your why and it's that you become very passionate about it. And when you're passionate about it, that rubs off on other people around you. And that means you're going to be able to count on them for more support and be able to help you along the way and to keep you motivated on that path as you go forward. But diving into that why can be a little scary too. Sometimes mm-hmm. it brings up past issues. And, you know, like one of the things I mentioned, safety and security, maybe you came from a family that you didn't feel that stability growing up, or maybe you've had a marriage that left you feeling like, oh, I, you know, I can't count on someone else. So I need to be the breadwinner for me so that I'm always sure that I'm going to have myself taken care of. And that opens up some other work that we need to do inside of us so that we can get ahead of those feelings and those emotions and really do dive into the fact that we are the master creator of our story and that we can make these choices and that we can be fulfilled by the choices that we make. And our why is totally personal. My why I do things is not going to be the same why that you do them. And that's okay. It's not matching anyone else's expectations. It's about being true to you and who you are. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I know we're both working on our third books right now. And, you know, it's kind of funny because with so many different things happening in the world and so many years underneath our belt, it is kind of funny how much, you know, I've learned in my third book and really the last five years that a lot of my life's work starts within. Yeah. One of my favorite chapters in the book, and it's in the begin section, it's about being your best you. And I talk about beating an impossible. And I tell the story of my first and last half marathon that I ever did. And anyone who knows me in real life knows that I am not athletic. I had a group of women and we used to walk and we would do charity 5Ks and different kind of things like that. But we would mostly talk our way through the charity 5Ks. We weren't like competitively running them or anything like that. And one of our our friends said, oh, it'd be cool. Let's take this. Let's take this trip to Nashville. And let's do a girls weekend and we'll do a we'll do a half marathon while we're there. And we have like eight months to train for it and we can all train together and all this kind of stuff. And I remember the day after Christmas when the race opened up and we had to register for our spot. I remember literally being sick to my stomach on the couch going, what are you thinking? You've never even ran a full 5K. Like there's no way you're going to run 13 miles. You're going to hold everybody else in the group back. And just having all these conversations with myself and and finally hitting that submit button and then going through the training. And it was one of those things where I kind of document, I use my diary in the book and I talk about the different steps of the training, not so much how many miles, but what was going on in my head. I never turned into one of those people that woke up that morning and said, I have to run. It just, I just have to run. It's the best thing in the world. I have to go run. Everybody kept saying, oh, you'll get there, you'll get there. And I'm like, I never got there. And, you know, going on through the training and pushing past limits. I remember one day 
I was doing the the math and you had to finish the run like within four hours to be able to get your medal and t-shirt and all that kind of stuff. And by goodness, if I was doing it, I was coming home with a t-shirt, you know, if nothing else. And so I remember the day we were going to do seven miles, which would have been more than the half of the half. And I cried all the way to that that meetup that morning where we were going to go run because I was so afraid that I wasn't going to make that seven miles. And I had already had a conversation with some of the folks that, uh, on some of our other group runs, like, y'all go ahead, don't wait on me, you know, and like they were a great group of women and, and they totally tolerated my moods and my emotional outbreaks and we all had hours throughout it. But it was one of those things where it was like, they would run ahead and then somebody would run back and be like, you're doing okay, you got this, you know, and then they'd run on back up because they knew if one of them stayed too long, I was going to get, you know, like very self-conscious and all this kind of stuff. And so they made a point to check on me throughout the thing. And I remember when we got finished with that seven miles and I remember just crying in the driveway that I could not believe I had done it, that I had actually Mm -hmm. made it. I had made it in enough time that if you doubled it, I would still finish in under that four hours when I did the thing in Nashville. And talk about the rest of the training and you would think about, I finally had to come up with a mantra in my head that it was strong enough and fast enough. And, you know, really it is about us being enough. And with each step I would take, I would just tell myself, strong enough on the right foot, fast enough on the left foot, back and forth. And I wrote that on my mirror. So I saw it every night before I went to bed when I was brushing my teeth. And I saw it every morning when I was getting ready for work. And then I had it on a sticky note. It was on my steering wheel. And then I had it on a sticky note that was on my computer. So when I was sitting at work, I saw it. And, you know, what we tell ourselves and what we choose to focus on makes such a big deal in the how we move forward throughout the day. And I will say, I'll go ahead and mess up the story. As I actually finished the race, I actually finished it in less than three and a half hours. It was three hours and 22 minutes. And so it was one of those moments when I got to the end of it that I was like so overjoyed. It's like I was not the last one and I didn't hold everybody back and give me that t-shirt. My goodness, I'm going to wear it for life now. And (laughs) You know, you think about it when I got finished and had time to reflect on it. What that really did was set me myself up. So when that next impossible came about, whether it was something in family life or something in work life, I knew I had it in myself to overcome it because I had overcome such a physical challenge. But the physical challenge really wasn't the hard part of it. It was the mental challenge that was going on, not letting me talk myself out of it or not letting me focus on the fact that I had never done this kind of thing before. And so I think it's so important for us to push ourselves to sometimes and do some of these things that stretch us so that we do get that feeling that we we can overcome and we can set these things up and that we can accomplish all kinds of great things just by putting one foot in front of the other and remembering that we are strong enough and we are fast enough. Woo! That is fantastic. I have to say, like, just that story embraces so many things I think that women go through that really prevent them from stepping up or stepping in. And I think it's just an amazing example of mind over matter. Yeah. And the results, the results are even beyond what you expected. And I think that happens for so many women that they put themselves down, they question themselves, they doubt themselves, but they still deliver. And they do it over and over and over again. And my mission really is to encourage and and give women permission to step in more often so we can have more women at more tables because the world needs it. 
And we have the smarts to do it, but oftentimes we stand in our own way. And your story really encapsulates on such an easy level to digest of how we do that. And I know all of us can think about a time that we've done that even in the last month. So mm-hmm. Chelly, I think it is amazing that you took the time to share such a personal, authentic, and and really vulnerable story. You know, and that's the one thing we've talked about writing some books and things like that. And I really think that is where we make our biggest impact is when we can be really real with each other and really authentic and you get to see the ugly side of life and the pretty side of life and know that we all share those same experiences that what you're going through doesn't make you any worse off than anybody else or that if you can gain a little encouragement from what I did and you can take a little piece of that and it moves you forward then you know I've I've put something good back out in the universe I've done something good that helped move you forward and, you know, I encourage everybody is just get real, you know, share real life. And we need those people and we need those circles around us where we can really be us and we can share what we're thinking and share what we're feeling. And we know we have that support arm around us that's going to, you know, they're not going to let us take the easy way out. They're going to continue to push like my group that was training with me continue to push and be like, no, you got this. You're going to finish this half mile, whether you like it or not. Nobody's coming to pick you up in the car. You know, I just really encourage people to embrace that. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, life isn't filtered like you see it on your Instagram post and everything. Sometimes it's dirty. Sometimes it's ugly. But we'll all get through it when we get through it together. Mm, That's so beautiful. I really appreciate you joining us. And I know that listeners are going to want to find you. So how do they go about doing that? Oh, yeah. You can find me on pretty much any of the social platforms. Chelly Phillips is how I'm listed. And then you can find me on my website, ChellyPhillips.com. And I have tons of free resources that you're welcome to download. And especially if you're looking to do some career changing or need a little bit of motivation about what's going on in your career life. Oh, great. And can you share the title of your next book yet? Well, it's not 100% certain, but it's it's going to be something around Culture Club, creating a value culture inside the workplace. And mm-hmm. the value is an acronym, and it, it, V is for vision, A is for accountability, L is for leadership, U is for the uniqueness that the individuals bring, and E is engagement. And if you have all five of those things, you should have a wonderful culture inside your organization. Oh, that is beautiful work. Well, thank you so much, Shelley, for joining us. I will definitely share your links and social pages. And I am just thrilled that we were able to have this conversation and for people to join us in the mission of really helping and empowering and inspiring each other to step into what is possible. Well, thanks so much for having me. I've enjoyed having the conversation today. Oh, me too. Me too. Thanks again.